Welcome to Paradox Walk Podcast, specializing in paranormal activity, cryptids, UFOs, anything completely strange and out of the ordinary. Today's episode is number 31, and we're going to be looking at a case of a medical professional coming across, basically, in his opinion, proof of what seems to be supernatural interference in the patient's words. They were aliens. I'll just let him tell it in his own words. I've always tried to do my best to get the very best audio for everything I record with this podcast, but this time I couldn't get a Skype call going. I couldn't get voice over IP. So I had a smooth recording when he told the story. And medical people are always very busy people. They, they always work double shifts and stuff. They, they, don't have, they don't get a lot of free time. So I just had him on the phone and I just had to record it. I We have to get this story out because it's a really, it's something like you've never heard before. I promise you that. It's not the best recording in the world, but um, I just wanted to give a heads up about that. It I did my best to clean it up after after a few minutes. And you know, with no further ado, hope you guys enjoy this one and it'll start right now. So, so why don't we start off by telling the listeners how you started off in the medical industry. When I was much younger, in my early 20s, I went to school to be a respiratory therapist. Did successfully become a respiratory therapist. Practiced respiratory therapy partly in the hospital, partly in home health care for about five, well, more like seven to eight years. And so that's really the extent of my medical background, to be quite honest with you at this point. And something ended up happening with this patient where the company felt like they had to have you go to her house, set up this equipment, or go to her house on a regular basis and something serious was going on with her? Uh, That's close. I would probably describe it more as my job at the time was to assist patients at home with their breathing equipment that they had at home. This particular client was one who at this time required a lot of attention from her respiratory therapist, which was me, because her breathing, her her health was really not great at that time. So I did spend a good amount of time helping her. You called it COPD. Can you explain what that is? Uh, yeah, so COPD is uh, actually chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. It's pretty typical of, and it, it does not only caused by this, but it's pretty typical of a patient who, you know, has smoked a lot, ends up on oxygen, that sort of thing. One of the things that came up is uh, you were saying that with COPD, you thought that she would never get better or she would never recover. Is that true? All right. Yeah, so COPD also accompanying the breathing problems were, uh, and, and you know, these often gets cardiopulmonary system works together pretty closely. Lots of heart issues, difficulty breathing when walking, ankle swelling, fluid backup, all those things were present um, in this particular client. So like on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being really close to the grave and like a 1 being an NFL athlete in perfect health, what would you rate this patient when you first met her at being? Seven and a half. Okay, so pretty close to not even being able to function in regular life. Yeah, so, so I'll, just, I'll just say, when I, the first time in the, in the early part of this story, I would go to her apartment, and the apartment was extremely cluttered, 
nothing was ever put away. This person could very, uh, it took her a long time to get up the stairs and down the stairs. So you could tell that she could get around very little. And so, and so didn't have the energy, couldn't get up and get around, didn't seem to have anybody there to help her, right? There was never any caregiver there or family member or anything like that. It was always just her, and she was struggling at the time. She was on oxygen 24 hours a day. She was taking breathing treatments four or five times a day. She was on Lasix and all the classic things of a, of a patient who has difficulty with their cardiopulmonary system. And she was not doing well at all, at least in my opinion. What was the first thing that kind of jumped out at you that was going on with her? With, I mean, she had that presence there. Do we know if that was a man, the picture on the wall or whatever? What was the very first thing that kind of jumped out at you that something out of the ordinary is going on here? Something supernatural might be happening with her. So the first thing was her... Uh, I. I was asked, she had, they had ordered for her to have what they call an overnight oximetry test. Basically, we're going to put this thing on your finger all night long and it's going to record the data and it's going to give us some indication of how you're breathing at night. But it's, it's most function is to tell us how your oxygen is doing at nighttime. So I went to bring this to her and show her how to use it. So that was my role in it, right? Like I was the technician. I was going to bring it to her. I was going to show her how to put it on at night, where the on button was, what to do if you got to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, et cetera, et cetera. And so when I did, she very bluntly and with no hesitation said, uh, and by the way, her and I were, she was very engaging. She was very thankful that I was there. She was very much trying to go with, you know, whatever the flow was that I was trying to accomplish with her. She was be willing, of, you know, to accept the help. However, so, but she just stopped and said, hey, because when I explained to her, hey, you're going to put this on your finger. Well, when I went back to pick it up the next day, she said, you're not going to get any information off of it. And I said, why is that? And she said, because they came and they took me. And I said, who came and took you? And then she said, the aliens came and took her. That is the very first time I went, oh, there's something going on here. This is different. And the readings were all over the place for a minute and then back to normal or? So, okay. So let's talk about the readings then. So, of course, I told her, hey, no worries. I've had uh, patients before that, you know, are like, oh, I didn't do it. And I'm like, well, I'll be the judge of that. You probably did. Maybe you don't even know. Let me see what information's on it, and then we'll, you know, I'll let you know. So, of course, I, you know, take it to my office. I go to download it, and there is nonsensical um, information on it. So nothing of, of what I would expect to see, nor that you would see of any normal human being who took one of those tests. So, of course, I said, ah, well... She had a difficult night. Let me, and plus, you know what? I don't know. Maybe it's the units funny. Maybe. So I got some fresh batteries. I got a brand new unit, a second unit, took it back out. I said, sorry, you know, can you try this one? That other one was probably a glitch. I'm not thinking of, um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking just, I've got to get this done. It's my job. 
So, you know, how do I get this done? So then we do it a second time. She tries to wear it. She says, no, that, you know, that, that they came and took me again overnight. And I said, oh, shit. Okay. So I took it back, got these weird readings. So I went to her physician and her physician and I were also, you know, we, we, she was a physician that I worked with a lot. So we were very familiar with each other. And so I took it to her and I said, hey, I'm so sorry. I know you want this overnight test and I'm trying to deliver it, but I can't. And so just give me a minute. And then I did go ahead and mention to her what the client had told me as to why it wasn't working. The doctor had gone, basically went, "Hmm, yeah, like she was not shocked. I should put it that way. The doctor was not like in total shock. Now, the doctor did not discuss it with me further, but she said, all right, do the best you can. I understand. Okay. So, eventually, I did get it. Eventually, she had a night where they allowed it, or at least according to her. Typically, at my job, unless there is a, a, a need that arises, where we would do like follow-ups with these patients based on their status we would follow up with them every oh it would either be you know monthly three months six months or a year you kind of there was these parameters that would say how often you follow up with them hers was of course going to be the highest amount um follow-up monthly or whatever because she wasn't doing well so I kept following up, but at some point, though, it was what it was, right? And so I had done everything I could do. I have set you up with all of your equipment that the doctor ordered. I have gone and shown you, and any questions that you've had, I've answered them, right? So I am I am on top of my stuff, but don't need to quite see you quite as much anymore. So now, about... Three or six months goes by, something somewhere in there. And now her name comes back up on my list. So I go to follow up, and she had moved across town to a house, to a fairly nice house. She says, I moved. So I'm like, oh, thank you for letting me know, of course, right? And I'm like, hey, can I come by and follow up? I got to do my follow up. This is where it started to get a little bit more, um, because now, you know, I, she had told me about... The, the abductions. Her and I had had those discussions. She had told me by this point, because of the test, her and I had gotten into the discussions of the fact that um, her dad was in the military and her dad, uh, let me see, how do I put this? Okay, her dad had basically done something and messed up with the government. What do you mean so, messed up? Uh, messed up how? I don't know. I don't know because I didn't get those details. And mind you, this was a long time ago. And I, I should also say that my mindset back then, although it was not a non-believer, at that time I'm like 20-something, and I don't care about anything. I don't care about aliens. I don't care about anything farther than, you know, than past my own notes. You're so, trying to do so your I'm job. So I'm like, yeah, whatever, yeah, you've got to dump it, yeah, 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 whatever, right? Okay. Because at that time, I just, I didn't even have the wherewithal to even think about that stuff, right? Uh, unless it was happening to me, and it wasn't happening to me. So 
Um, however, I, that that didn't mean though that I was ever rude to anybody or not understanding that we all have our different yeah takes on things. Yeah, and so I never was like, oh you're oh you're crazy or nothing like that. I just went with it, right? I was just very respectful. That that's how I would always be, right? Okay, so what did she say then? What did she say about all this stuff? Okay, so. She said that her her dad was in the military and he did something like where he was in trouble, in, in other words. So had to make a deal to allow his children, or at least her, I don't remember if they're brothers or sisters, she had to, he had to allow the aliens to abduct her and like she would be sort of like a, a guinea pig for the aliens. So... She, uh, now, I, again, I had heard all this stuff. I had gotten the weird tests. She, and, and we had those conversations. But again, I just move on with my life, right? Okay, whatever. That's cool. That's awesome. So now the time goes on, and now I call her to do a follow-up again. And now it's three to six months down the road. She's moved. I go to her new house. There, I walk in the front door, and there is absolutely not a single piece of clutter. You find nothing except for like a, a, a standard couch, a, a standard TV, a kitchen table, right? One picture up on the TV. One picture. I, at first when I walked in, that wasn't what I noticed though. Because mostly what I noticed was that she was walking around extremely well. The swelling had gone away from her feet. She was coming in with all of her equipment that I had set up for her. And she was bringing it all to the living room to say, go ahead and take like, it. Like, like she don't need it anymore. She absolutely, I saw it with my own two eyes that she did not need it anymore. Not at all. Could that ever happen on its own in your experience? I, I've never seen that at the point that she had gotten to it at her age. I, I had never seen that. I can't imagine that that could happen, no. Okay, so now we see all that. What happened next? Okay, so I'm like, what? What's going on? Like, I'm proud of you. Like, I'm. That's awesome. Like, whatever you did or whatever happened, that's great. You know, now part of my job is going, hey, what's going on? Like, what? How did this occur? Because I'm, you know, if I'm gonna pick up all this stuff, I gotta need to know, right? What's going on? So. She started to tell me, she says, okay, so she says, see the picture on the, it was a picture of her and this very tall, white-haired man, very tall, thin. Um, I have since then, at that time, but since then, I have gone into and, like, followed, you know, I, I will watch anything that you've got on, on aliens, okay, because it interests me. I would say that this was like a Nordic, that they, or what they describe as a Nordic. But anyway, it was a tall, very extremely like a white, pale, very white, pale man. And she was in the picture side by side hugging this man. Okay. So she says to me, she says, hey, because she was very respectful to me. Her and I had developed a relationship, right? Like, um, where 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 she knew she could trust me because she had told me some of these crazy personal things and I never, you know, I never uh, betrayed her or anything like that. So with that, then she says, I just want you to know that 
she's listening. Oh. And I was like, who's he? She pointed at the picture and I looked at the picture. That is the only picture in our in, in the entire living room kitchen area that I could see. That was the only picture on the wall or even up anywhere. This one happened to be on, on top of her TV. I look at the picture. Uh, I just say, you know what? Because because I don't have anything to hide, right? I'm not going to be disrespectful. I'm not okay, going to be rude. Yeah. I'm not going to. So I, I was like, okay, she is probably out of it or maybe something's off but again that's her reality and if it is who am i right so i went yeah fine i don't have a problem if he's listening yes that's fine right she tells me that she was in line at the movies with a friend about two months ago or so and that that white haired man came Came and he was. She noticed that he was standing there a lot. He was behind her, like by two or three people in line. She knew that why he was there. She knew that that was for her, right? So eventually, she gets like to the front of the line and gets into like you know the the foyer of the movie theater, you know where you've paid now, but now you got to go get snacks or whatever you're gonna get, right? The man had come, and she said that he walked up, and he gave her a hug. He was very kind, and he gave her a hug, and she hugged him back, and then he walked away, and that right then she felt like this healing energy and began to heal very quickly, she said, and all of that sickness went away. Now, and it visibly had gone away. I saw it. I saw it, right? So that that I can say for sure. So I told her, okay, right? And of course now, you know, I I can't you gotta you gotta have paperwork and you gotta all have all the you know, discontinue orders from the doctor and stuff like that. Yeah, what's the So doc- I told her, it? Hey, I can't just take all this stuff right now. However, um, I can get the work done to make it possible, right? So she's like very agreeable. Oh, yeah, sure, you know, whenever, let me know, right? So so I do and I leave. Now, of course, I was not paid to go pick up equipment, so somebody else ended up picking it up. Very shortly thereafter, I had, I don't know how, I can't even remember how I knew. I don't remember if I like had to call to do another follow-up because our business would make us, you know, like, hey, if there's a if there's a client who once used it, they're gonna probably need it again. So make sure that if they do, that they, they use us, right? So I think I called and she had moved. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Next thing I knew, she was gone, and I never talked to her again. So what did the doctor say that had to that had to sign a discontinue order? Like, how does a doctor handle that news? Like, so you know, you know, I don't even know that no. I remember. Okay, so so there's a few things with that. Uh, and again, this is, gosh, this is, uh, is this 20 years ago, right? I, so some of that stuff is easy to me. You know, it's funny because I've told you this story, but probably only you, right? Like, I mean, there's other people that I may have mentioned it to. In my life, you're probably the one that's been the most interested in this. Just so, you know, for, for the sake of fairness, too, uh, you know, I don't have a perfect memory, and some of these things are a little bit easy. But so many things could have happened, like 
I don't necessarily, so our company may send out a form to the doctor, you know, is it okay for us to pick this up? And then I don't know, and then they go pick it up, and I've already moved on with my life. Yeah. My job was to set stuff up. Yeah. If, you know, um, I was more of the clinician, not not the guy that would go pick stuff up if it was done and needed to be picked up. So I don't, after that, I did not have ever a conversation with the doctor about it. And now I would have, but it's also not necessarily appropriate for me to go seeking out information that could be private from their doctor. At first, I thought that you had to let her doctor know to get a discontinuation order. Not necessarily me. I, so I go back to the office and I'm like, hey, she wants all her stuff to be done. Right? And so they're all right. We'll, we'll, we'll get on it. Okay. So a few years ago when you first told me about it, I did a little bit of internet sleuthing. Okay. So remember, I found that screenshot of her making those posts, and I took that screenshot and I sent it to you to verify that I, that was and her. That, and that clearly, that day that you sent that to me, that clearly was her. Okay, so what she was saying was just really wild stuff about, you know, some people, they seem to have an idea how internet links and logic with those things worked back then, and some people didn't because it was a while ago, but she seemed to be one that kind of didn't put together that when you link something with your ID, like some way you can figure it out. Yeah. So some of the stories that she was telling was, you know, it started off with her talking about her dad being on military bases. She was growing up on military bases with her dad from one military base to another and being abducted. And she knew it was because of that. And some of the other things was some of the side effects to like the genetic manipulation that they were putting her through was she was describing herself as sometimes looking African-American for some parts and then back to, to a Caucasian look later on. Uh, other things she described was like glitch in the matrix type things, like being in her car one part of town, closing her eyes and opening them again, being another part. Yeah, and she knew, you know, she was, so she had been on that, on that uh, UFO ship a lot. So how did she describe that ship? She, she called them greys, right? The aliens that... So I, I have to be perfectly honest. I never got that far. At that time, I didn't have wherewithal. Like, if I was me now in that same situation, oh boy, would I have asked the correct question. Unfortunately, at that time, again, I, it was not. So I didn't always elaborate. You know, I, I, I was on to the next, right? I was like, I got to get my shit done and I got to go do my stuff. And so, unfortunately, I didn't talk to her about this. Like that. Those conversations never came up. The only, if I did, I don't remember them. The yeah. only ones that I do distinctly remember are her telling me about her dad, and it was like a sourness, like a bitterness towards her dad for doing that to her. Yeah. Um, um, but you said you said something else, uh, and then I'll let you go. But you said like no, when the monitoring equipment, you said that there was you would get like, forgive me, I don't know the words, yeah. but like the heart monitor thing, it would print out. And you said that you would see really unusual spikes, like yeah. like a whole bunch of energy in the room for like a few seconds. And then it would just be dead for like hours, hours, hours. And yes. Then, and then this big spiky, crazy amount of energy. Sure. And then it would go back to like kind of normal. Is that, is that a, a sure, good description yeah, yeah. of it? Yeah. And, so, so, and you told yeah. her like, I can't, I can't show this to my boss or something. What was that like? Kind of the way some of those yeah, well, went. that was that was that thing that I was telling you that well, why I went back to the doctor. The readings were not normal, right? For somebody who's who's 
gonna gonna go lay down in bed, put this thing on. You know, I should. Um, so, um, from what I do recall from this test, yes, it did seem to have like she would put this thing on, she would probably fall asleep, they would come, and so her heart rate would spike, and her breathing would spike up, and her oxygen would either dip or go high or something, and then yes, then off, right? Then nothing for hours and hours and hours, and then uh, yes, then back to like a big spike, and then back to normal. But certainly not readings of somebody who's sleeping, even being sick or having COPD or having, you, you don't see those patterns. What type of monitoring equipment are we talking about? Like, what, what is the name of these machines that you're using for people that do know? Because I don't know. Now, remember, this is years ago. Yeah. This... So the equipment has probably improved. This was overnight oximetry. So, so basically, if you've seen those things where you put it on your finger and yeah. it, it will give you even fall, cell phones do it now anyways you put it on your finger and it reads the color of your blood and says how much oxygen's in it okay so then... now just take that and say back then we 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 didn't have a lot of technology well we kind of did but back then it was like okay so put this on your finger this particular one actually will record it all night long what your oxygen level is, what your heart rate is, those same things that you normally get now, like a spot check. We were recording it. Okay, so she made it sound like this man did the miraculous recovery for her, and she never named who he was, but she made it sound like this man was an enigma figure, basically following her around. Was it her entire life? Is that accurate? I don't want to say because I can't remember. It's been her entire life or it could have been that that was... Okay, because let me put it this way. She never talked to me about the white-haired man when she wasn't feeling good. She didn't go like, hey, this white-haired man follows me around. She mentioned him to me after she got better. Like, so I want to say this was a new thing, the white-haired man. I want to say it was a new thing. But she talked about him to you like he was some angelic being, like this is the most amazing person she ever met, and she said that stuff, right? Yes, he was, yes, he, she spoke of, he was very kind, looked after her, yes. And, and now you would, of course, I mean, let, let's say that whatever ailment that you've ever had in your life, like any of us, right? And somebody comes and goes, hey, and somebody very kind, comes to you on the street and gives you a hug and then all of a sudden they're like hey i'm gonna watch over you and you're like all right fine because you healed me that's great yeah right you would you would speak highly of that person you would probably never say anything negative about that entity or whatever yeah you'd be like and that's how she was okay so in conclusion what's the takeaway from all this you were there firsthand what would you tell people listening to this? What What is the takeaway from all of this, you being there firsthand? Oh, gosh. I, gosh. All I know, all I can say of, about this is that that is the one thing that I've always gone, but gosh darn it. Right? Because I, I am not, I'm not, let's put it this way. I'm not a believer in a lot of stuff. Right? I am typically a skeptic. That was the one thing that sort of started to strike, strike me as, wait a minute, I really was kind of like right in the middle of something crazy. 
right? <laughs> and, and, and so um, that, I mean, unfortunately for all of us, you know, the only thing that we're going to be able to do with that is put it in that same pile of what in the world is going on here, right? With, with a, a huge pile, right, of things that are, that are talked about, crazy things like that all the time, right? But this is certainly one of them, and it was probably the most bizarre thing that I've ever personally ran into or seen myself. I am open-minded, as you know, but I'm also not going to say, oh, this has some higher meaning. I don't have a clue. I wish I knew. I think it means there's things out there that we don't have a clue about. Right. Yeah, okay, and it's, it's one of the times when, you know, as, as you're growing older and you start to realize that, boy, do you not have a clue, right? Like, you, when you're young, you think you know it all. That was around the time when I was going, boy, I, I better rethink everything. Because I don't, because this is, like, a, there's no explanation for this. And so, kind of one of the first things that I specifically ran into, that I would go, there's, what is, how do you explain that? You know? How do you explain that? And so, um, and I can't. And so, I have developed, a, you know, an interest then based on that of the unknown things. But but never have I run into anything even close to that eerie, if you well, will. Yeah, well, few people have, so. You were in the thick of it for a while there. Right, right. And, and really, not even, again, I wish I was me now. Well, yeah, you know, they say everything happens for a reason, so. Right. But uh, it seems like the world has no shortage of really strange stuff to throw at us at any given time. Like you were saying, like when you get older, the older you get, the more strange stuff you see. Yeah, your mind opens up to it. Maybe. I'll let you get going. I really appreciate you uh, sharing that and calling me. Yeah, uh, thank you for allowing me to be a part of this bigger, bigger thing that's going on. So just a little info there. Thank you. Have a great rest of the show. Enjoy the show. As you I listen. sure will. Okay. I sure will. I enjoy them all. All right. Talk to you later. All right. I'd like to thank everybody for checking out the podcast. And if there's any other questions that you feel like I could have asked and I didn't get, you know, just type them in the comments below. I talked to this guest on a regular basis. He wanted to remain anonymous and keep the patient's medical info anonymous. We just decided to be on the safe side and just kind of keep that all there. But besides those things, you know, if there's anything you want to just let let us know in the comments. And uh, the music is Downbeat 88. The opening track is called The Dark. The last track is called Moment of Peace. Patreon is patreon.com slash paradoxwalk. And the RSS feed is in the link. Thanks everybody for checking out the podcast. Have a good day. Bye.